The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. I'm really glad it wasn't on earlier because uh, you guys sing so well that when I'm singing, I sound really good with you. <laughs> yeah. Is it okay if I just move down here? Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks so much. Oh, does that work back there? Okay. And maybe my volume could go down just a little bit. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna take a picture of all of you guys because you're so beautiful. All right, ready? Can you just give me a wave there? <laughs> it's such a privilege to be here and uh, with Pastor Tafara and Chippo on this very special day for her uh, 21st birthday. <laughs> yes. Gosh, I'm putting on a, um, a timer here. Uh, <clears throat> so, it's so exciting to be here, and I've wanted to be in South Africa for a long time. I've done most of my work in the uh, West Coast, in Kenya, Sierra Leone, Ghana, and places that uh, I've always wanted to come to South Africa. And here I am, and uh, you guys are so famous, especially for Nando's. Nando's, Nando's. Perry, Perry, come on. That's like uh, our, our guys that have come back from South Africa, they bring the Perry, Perry sauce, you know? And it's like uh, everybody fights over it. And they want that Perry, Perry. It's so good. Well, I want to talk to you uh, this morning about some, actually some of the, uh, the destiny and success ideas that God has in store for you. And so it was like so fitting uh, what was sung about today, what was talked about. And each of you in here, you're actually on a quest personally. And the quest you're on, there's a purpose for you in life. God has a purpose for you. And he's moving towards a destination. He invites you to join him in that destination of what he's doing. And your calling is like the role and the task of what is getting you in alignment to move towards that destiny. And he keeps us uh, so that we're not getting off, but we're staying on track. And as we move on track, he does that by helping us map out that destiny path by his Holy Spirit. And I want to share with you some of the success elements that he's given us to help you map out a successful journey on your way to uh, what God has in store for you. So this is going to be out of John chapter 17. And uh, I'm going to start here with verse 3. I'm going to read to you. Uh, this is out of the New American Standard. And this verse 3, it says, This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ. So part of the journey is uh, you experiencing God in a personal, personal way. A personal, personal, what I mean is heart to heart. So God wants you to have a heart to heart experience with him where you connect with him personally. And when you enter the kingdom of God, you actually enter by, first of all, yielding to the lordship of Jesus Christ. And then after you yield to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, then you begin to learn who you are and the inheritance that you have in Jesus and how to manage that inheritance. And that's the resources of the kingdom of heaven. Now, when you enter the kingdom of God, uh, Jesus told Nicodemus in John 3, 3, that you can see 
the kingdom. And some people see the opportunity, but they don't always experience it. So this is telling us that eternal life, which begins when you experience God, is uh, really beautiful. It's your experience, the beginning. So you come to a relationship with the Lord through the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And then he begins to help you through that experience, the heart-to-heart connection, to understand how to be successful in the destiny, the calling that's upon your life that's very unique to you. Because you're all made in the image of God and there's a special, like, unique blend of what he has in store for you. And so the first part is uh, experiencing that abundant life. Now, Jesus said that in John 10.10, that uh, he came to give life, life more abundantly. That word life in the Greek is zoe. Zoe means the quality of life possessed by the person offering it. So Jesus said, I'm here to give you the quality of life that I have. The same closeness that I have with the Father, the same love, the same anointing, the same affection, all of that that I have, I'm wanting to give that to you. And we experience that by the Lordship of Jesus Christ. When we receive Jesus, we, we can step into that quality of life. And when we experience him, that is eternal life. I used to think eternal life started when you died. You know, like you die, then there's eternal life. But according to the word of God, eternal life starts when you start experiencing God in a personal way. And then the next part is uh, verse 4. Verse 4, it says, I have glorified you on the earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. The thing I'd like to point out here is that God has given each of us an opportunity to join him in what he's doing. And Jesus modeled that for us. So Jesus came as a man. He did everything by faith, which is trust and belief in God. And he modeled for us the opportunity to actually work on the the behalf of the Father, to work the plan. And so he was a model for us. And everything that he modeled and ministered is good for us. So he moved as a man in faith. We move as a person in faith. And Jesus says here that I accomplished everything that you gave me to do and I glorified you. So part of what God has for us is to glorify him and to accomplish the work that he's given us to do. And the beauty of this is that the, glory, the word glory in the Greek is actually the Greek word doxa, D-O-X-A. And that word means the view and the opinion. So God has a view and an opinion about things. Now glory also means like the, the power, the amazement, of course. But when we talk about the view and the opinion of God... We understand that there's a reality that God wants us to see, understand, and experience in life. And that's his reality. That's his glory. So Jesus is saying, I glorified you. I helped people see you, understand you, experience you, and I accomplished the work that you gave me to do. And then that's what Jesus is saying to you and I, that I have a work for you to do. I want you to help people to see I want you to help people see God. I want you to help people understand God. I want you to help people experience God. But I want you to have that personally. And so he starts to lay out a little bit of a success, some elements of success that his plan in John chapter 17 was. The first thing he talks about in verse 6 is he said, I manifested your name to those that you gave me. Now manifest is just another way of saying reveal. So Jesus is saying part of his strategy was to reveal the name of God. And you might wonder, why would he do that? Well, it's because people just in that day and today, like in our current history, they don't always understand God. 
And so the name of God actually begins to describe the the nature, the character, the pure motives of God by name. And the beauty of knowing God by name is you know what to expect. So, for example, in, when, in uh, the book of Genesis, when God told Abraham that he was Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides, then as Jesus revealed to his disciples, this is the name of God, he provides. So it began to shape his disciples' thinking because they needed the, the revealing of the name of God so that they wouldn't think that God doesn't provide because it happens to be the Sabbath. So Jesus would teach them, no, the Sabbath wasn't, what, the Sabbath is for man, not man for the Sabbath. So God provides on the Sabbath. He can heal on the Sabbath. And so he broke like the traditional thinking. Now go back to what I said about the word glory, the view, the opinion. There was a view and opinion in Jesus's day that was contrary to what God's view and opinion was. So Jesus was constantly adjusting the view and the opinion of people by showing them this is what God is really like. God is a healer, so we can, be, we can begin to learn by the names of God that he's a healer, he's a provider, he's our banner, he's our victory, he's our good shepherd. He always leads us to plenteous places, according to Psalms 23. And this was his strategy to know the names of God. So I love talking about the names of God because they all transfer into like the New Testament. If Jesus is the provider, of course, He's the ultimate provider from the Old Testament. So Jehovah Jireh, Jesus is now our provider. He provides us with all spiritual blessings according to Ephesians 1.3. And you can just go on and see that he's given us everything to strengthen us. And we have all things in Jesus. So this is like the idea, the strategy of knowing the names of God. The next strategy he talks about here is in verse 17. He says that I set, I sanctified them in the truth. Your word is truth. So Jesus began to give them the word, and this word sanctify actually in the Greek just means set apart. So he had his disciples, that they were walking together, and he literally set them apart to be unique and different because he was giving them the word of truth. And that is part of the success elements that you and I have today to get on our journey, moving towards our destination with God, is that we get into the word of God and we get the truth about what God is saying in his word. And that helps us understand his plan for us. And the word of God, of course, is, is beautiful in the Bible, but also it's the spoken word, Jesus talking to you personally. Very important to have that as a success element because he wants you to share in that kind of beauty. The next thing he talks about is in uh, verse 21 through 23, and this is where he says that I, I became one with you. He's talking to the Father. You and I became one. And my hope is that they would become one as well. So here's the success strategy. Jesus came to earth and he became one. He harmonized himself with his father. And he's saying, this is my hope, that the same way that you and I got in harmony together, that they would be in harmony with you. And this is part of our success because when we walk in step with the Holy Spirit, as Galatians says, walk in step with the Holy Spirit, When we're harmonized with him, then we begin to learn as his sons and daughters how to manage the resources of heaven, the kingdom of heaven. All the resources available to us, we begin to learn how to walk in in such a way that we're in harmony. We begin to call in the resources into every situation. Why? Because we're problem solvers. According to 1 John 3, 8, it says that Jesus came for this purpose to destroy the works of darkness. Part of those works of darkness is sin, sickness, 
demonic torment, poverty, fear. Those are just five of many things that he came to destroy. So he came to provide salvation. He came to provide healing. He came to provide freedom from oppression. He came to provide uh, prosperity instead of poverty. He came to provide love instead of fear. That was his purpose. That was his calling. And we have the same kind of calling upon our lives. We are problem solvers in this world. You are the problem solvers of South Africa. And you're the problem solvers of your community, of your home. You're the problem solvers in your business. And you're bringing that solution that Jesus is giving you because you're walking in harmony with him. You have all the available resources of the kingdom of heaven. And you bring them into every situation. And there's an answer from God. And that's something that we need in our country, I'm telling you. Uh, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Jesus, help us. Uh, and he is. But it's really amazing. As we surrender ourselves and we become an influence in the marketplace, it becomes very powerful that we are problem solvers. And we are carrying everything that we need. And this is what Jesus is saying, that Jesus' goal in this verse he says, besides becoming one, is that he would share the glory with us. What is the glory? The glory is that ability to walk in, the, in the, the experience, the understanding, and the visual of what God's reality is. You're in a workplace, maybe. You're in a situation at school. There are different realities. Why? Because there's so many like influences going on. According to James 3, there's four logics. There's the demonic logic, worldly logic, car carnal logic. Then there's the wisdom of God. And what people need to really see is, is God. They need to understand God, but they got all these conflicting ideas of like what's going on. And in our country, we, we've got people that are they're really in conflict about what is normal. Like what's a guy? What's a woman? You know, they're just trying to, they're trying to figure it out. We need help. <laughs> so God's having us walk in that. Well, the last thing I want to mention to you is uh, found in the book of Acts. And this book of Acts uh, is another success idea that Jesus gave. And he said in chapter 1, before he left, he said, I want you to wait because I'm going to give you the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And you are going to have power. You're going to have this creative power to bring it into every situation. And as you're like working with me, because when we're, we're working with the Lord, we're actually partnering. We're actually co-laboring. We're, we're in a partnership where we're walking along and he gives us power, he gives us authority, he gives us his grace, he gives us provision, wisdom, open doors. These are all the items that he brings to us. And Jesus is saying, when the Holy Spirit comes, you're going to have power. You're going to be moving around like power. And you guys are singing this morning. It's so incredible. The power of the Lord and, and God's calling upon us is so true. And this is what Jesus has for us. Well, then I noticed uh, recently, I just kind of woke up with the idea, uh, looking at, at chapter 2, beginning in verse 17, when they experienced the Holy Spirit, you know, it was like 9 o'clock in the morning, everybody thought they were drunk because they are partying, woo, this is great, they're speaking in tongues, and uh, little flames are happening, and as that's happening, Peter starts telling everybody what's going on, he starts breaking it down, and he says, this is what Joel is talking about. And he says that we would actually, young men would see visions. I don't think there's an age discrimination here. I'm claiming visions. Old, old, men, would, <laughs> old men would dream dreams. And we would prophesy. 
Those are three things that he talked about. So I want to just mention a couple ideas about that. Something that I want to encourage you to do, if you have a journal, is begin to journal and keep track of the visions that God has given you. Keep track of the dreams that God has given you. In fact, what you can do is you can keep track of the prophetic words, and I'm going to explain each of these uh, right now. So the word vision is something that we see, of course. So sometimes we could actually see a vision happen in front of us that is an overlay of, of what's going on in the natural realm. We begin to see something and understand something in the spirit realm, right? So we're in the natural, but we're looking at a situation, and all of a sudden we get a vision that could be very real about what's going on in the spirit realm or what we're to do. But there's also visions that happen inside. There's visions you might see an image. You might see uh, something. You, you, you could see uh, just about anything that applies to life or even to an invention. So I want to first give you an example to an application of life. I was sitting down as a pastor with uh, a couple people in conflict. This one person had come through a, a place and had taken their keys. And this other person thought that this person took the keys. But, you know, there's no proof, right? So they wanted me to sit down and be the mediator. I said, okay, no problem. Well, I have no idea what I'm doing. And because, uh, you know, it's his word <laughs> against their word. What do you say, right? And so here we are, we're talking. And this guy says, I did not take your keys. I swear. And this person over here is like, well, you're really suspicious. I think you took your keys. <laughs> and uh, so inside, I just said, Holy Spirit, what do you got to say about this? And as I said that, I saw a vision inside of a hand passing through the air, keys releasing through an open window into a field. And so I said to the guy, so you didn't take the keys and as you're driving, just toss them through an open window into the field? And he goes, whoa, how'd you know that? I says, the Holy Spirit just showed me. It was a vision. And it's part of the solutions that God gives us. It's like the tools in the tool bag. And I just want to encourage you that God has so many visions that you, you don't even have to always say God told you. You can just be led by that vision, you know. <laughs> God has an imagination for you that's very powerful because you're creating his image. And sometimes you have your own visions. And God wants to know what is, what is your vision what is the passion that's in your heart? I think one of the, my favorite verses that's very powerful about giving money is uh, in 2 Corinthians, uh, I think it's 9, 8, where Paul says, don't give under the compulsion of man, but give according to the purpose that's in your heart. And then whatever you decide to give, just be happy. <laughs> and so, so the idea is God wants to know what is the purpose in your heart? What is stirring you up? What are you passionate about? What are you excited about? And that's the kind of thing you can like put some money on and you can like, yes, I'm going to give money to this. I'm going to put some power on it because money is influence and God wants to bless you. In fact, when you think in terms here about accomplishing the will of God, he wants to pro prosper you to accomplish the will of God because prosperity is having all the resources you need to, to accomplish the will of God in your life. He doesn't give you a plan and then not give you the money to do it. So he wants to give you the money to accomplish the will of God in your life, and he wants to give you the ability to build wealth that makes a difference. How many of you are willing to make a difference? Amen. All right. How many of you are willing to have some wealth to do that? Yes. 
Yes. And so wealth is not always money. Wealth is also relationships. Wealth is education. Wealth is experience. Wealth is influence. We, we've been in situations, Karen and I, where, where someone would say, hey, I want to help you. I'm going to make a phone call. And the wealth of who they are, their influence, transfers over to us, brings us into a place of opportunity because of the influential, influential wealth they had to position us to now receive something. And so there's many forms of wealth that God wants you to operate in, and he wants you to be able to leave a legacy. Okay, so getting back here to this idea of vision. So the vision idea is that he can show you things inside, outside, inside your head and outside as well. So I gave you an example of the, uh, the guy with the stolen keys. I want to give you another example. I was, I was at a conference. I met a black guy who was uh, a high school teacher. And God said, I would like you to have a quiet time with me in the morning. And he said, okay, I'll do that. I'll get up a little bit early before I go to school. I'll have some coffee. Coffee with Jesus. How many, how many of you are like, I like that idea. <laughs> coffee with Jesus. So Jesus said, I know the secrets, and I'm going to start sharing some secrets with you. So this guy's, this is great. Okay, so he's going to journal. He's going to get some, all of a sudden he gets this vision of uh, a light frequency. I'm just going to make up a number here, like 245.3. And he's like, wow, what is that? And God says, look that up. So he's like, he has no idea how to do that, right? He's a high school teacher. He doesn't teach science. So he goes to his science teacher friend. He goes, hey, is, there, is light actually in frequency? Can you actually change it? And the science teacher said, oh, yeah, you can do that. You're like, here's, here's a little knob. You can change the frequencies. It changes the light. And the guy's like, okay, can I borrow that? So uh, now what God, what God showed him a vision is that the light frequency will kill a bug. Uh, what kind of bug? Uh, like bugs you can't see. So he's like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. So what he does is, he go, can I borrow your, your uh, microscope too? Yes, you can borrow it. So he's got these two things. He's not telling anybody what's going on. He's like, hey, I got this hit. <laughs> so he spits on the little Petri, the glass slide, right? He sticks it underneath the microscope. He looks in there and he sees all the little things like moving around because you can't see that on the, with your natural eyes. And then he dials this light frequency thing to 245.3, puts it over that, takes it away, puts it back under, and guess what? Dead. He's the guy who invented ultraviolet light. Just like that. And now he's a multi-multi-millionaire because around the world, everybody that uses ultraviolet light has to pay him a royalty. Can you imagine that? That came out of his coffee time with Jesus. There's another guy in the United States that he was having coffee time with Jesus, and a vision dropped down right in front of him of a bow and arrow, a compound bow. A lot of people like, like hunting, which this guy does. And God just says to him, this is a better bow design. He's like, what? And he's looking at it, and this is, like in the, this is like on a movie screen. So he takes a piece of paper and he traces it out. He had it made, he had it patented. This is one of the best bows that have been invented in years and years. It's on the internet, it's incredible. The guy has a shop in the city that, where we live. It's a compound bow that nobody else knew how to make and God just showed him like that. So these are visions. Well now the next thing is the idea of a dream. Peter says that, that you're gonna dream dreams. I wanna encourage you to go home and at nighttime just say, before you go to bed, just say, God, I just, I'm awake, so I want you to sh 
Give me dreams. Show me something. Talk to me. The Bible says in Psalm 16, 7, David says at night, uh, when I'm asleep, my heart is awake. And Job says that at night when men are asleep, that God opens their ears and he puts his words into them. And so think about it. You've got eight hours a night where your spirit's awake, right? You're asleep, but your spirit's awake. So God can start giving you dreams. I'm going to give you an example. Abraham. Abraham got his deal with God, the whole covenant, and you're going to be a father of nations, in a dream. He wasn't even awake for that. He woke up like the father of nations. Think about that. Solomon. He was in a dream, and he got the deal of wisdom. He woke up the wisest guy in the world. It didn't even happen while he was awake. I mean, think about that. The wisest man in the world who became the wealthiest man in the world got that deal in a dream. So I'm like, God, I'm going to sleep tonight. If there's any deals you want to cut tonight, <laughs> bring it on. You think about Jacob. Jacob stuck his head down uh, in Genesis. And all of a sudden, in a dream, he starts seeing this ladder from heaven and angels ascending and descending to God. And then he ends up, you know, having this experience with God. And Jacob becomes this powerful guy in a dream. So just think about your dream life. God is wanting to open things up to you for understanding. I'm getting there. Thank you. <laughs> so, <laughs> so then... Then Peter says, prophesy. Okay, now some of us, as soon as we hear the word prophesy, we think, well, that's somebody else, right? That's somebody else who's going to get up and talk in King James. Yeah, yea, brother, thus saith the Lordeth, uh, todayeth, uh, thou shalt surely be blesseth. You know, like, we, we think that, who knows what? It, we have all these different ideas. But prophecy is simply repeating what you think you heard God say. That's it. Wow. It's as simple as that. So when you hear God say something to you and you repeat it, you don't have to repeat it in King James. You don't even have to say, God told me. <laughs> you can just say it in non-Christian, you know, non something really normal because you could be prophesying at your workplace and you don't have to say, well, God told me. You don't have to say that. You can just say, hey, I got this idea and boom. And you're, you're, you're releasing the words because the words from the prophetic is powerful but it's just repeating what you think you heard God say. So Karen and I, we're on this like journey. Now, when I tell you this works in your business, so like business people, this is powerful. We wake up and we have devotions in the morning. She wakes up and she gets this prophecy and uh, God talks to her. So she repeats what she thinks she heard God say, which she says to me, I think it's time to sell one of our houses, Tyler. This is a Tyler house. It's, it's on a street called Tyler, so we call it Tyler house. <laughs> so... <clears throat> I'm like, okay, that sounds good. And then the Lord gives her a number. Now, the number is really high for our, that area. It's the highest number. When you do comparable, like, money charts, it's the highest going. And that's, that's like, wow, that's great. So we're excited because God's telling us something. Okay, so then we put it up for sale. It goes up for sale. We get someone who wants to buy it. And as they go into the, the buying part of it, it gets appraised. And guess what? The appraiser comes back and says, that house, you're asking this, but it's like worth this. It's like 30000 or something less than what we're asking. So now the realtor says to us, well, okay, we need to adjust the price. And we're, you know, like, should we do it? Uh, what should we do? So we, we just kind of like sit on it because, we get, remember, we got 
repeating what we heard God say. So we go to bed that night, and during the night I have a dream. And in the dream, this appraiser walks up, and he hands me an appraisal. And as I look at the appraisal, God says, don't believe it. I'm like, okay, I'm not accepting that. I wake up, and I tell Karen, I had a dream last night. This guy walks up to me with an appraisal, and God said, don't believe it. God gives you this cutting-edge advantage because he wants you to be successful even when circumstances around you are saying, you can't do it. God's saying, yes, you can, because he knows it all. And he wants to help you. He wants to position you uniquely to be successful. Okay, so then I tell Karen that. She's like, okay, well, we're going to tell our realtor. So we tell our realtor, hey, we're not going to go for it. We're going to keep it as it is. Well, then we're having our devotional time, and we're asking God, okay, God, what are you going to do? Then I hear, we're going to get a cash buyer from California. Now, if you're not familiar with California, they got a lot of problems, but they also have a lot of real estate uh, money <laughs> that they just have a lot of money. So when they moved to Texas, where we live, they got all this cash from their previous house deals. And what do you know? The realtor calls up two days later and says, hey, you're not going to believe this. There's a, a buyer from California saw your property. They want to pay you cash, and they want to give you $10,000 more than you're asking because they don't want this deal to like go away. And we're like, yes. So we ended up closing that deal. Yeah. It's awesome. And the beauty is we got, a, we got the, the word. The Lord spoke to us. It got confirmed in a dream. We have all these things working on our behalf. And what I want to tell you is that God is positioning you. And in, I'm going to close with this verse in Acts 10.38. That is your verse. I'd like you to open up your uh, Bible or your smartphone or something and get to Acts 10.38. And this is a verse about Jesus. I'm going to set it up for you. And it says, you know Jesus of Nazareth, Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power, and how he went about doing good and healing all those who were oppressed by the devil because God was with him. That was Jesus. But this is also you. And what I'd like you to do either now or later or both is I'd like you to read this and put your name into it. So we know Tufara. of Johannesburg, right? Yeah. <laughs> Formerly Zimbabwe. So you would put your name in your city and you would read that over yourself. God has anointed me with power. And I'm going to go around doing good. What is, what, part of doing good is just releasing the goodness of God, releasing the resources being a problem solver, walking in the power, doing good. Uh, so also bringing healing from people that are oppressed. How many of you know people that are oppressed? Yeah, yeah we all do. You know, So we bring freedom into situations because God is with you. So I just invite you at some point to take that verse, make it personal, and read that over your life. When we heard today when uh, Chippo... They were talking about her words and how she's defined life with words. 
These are words that you can speak over yourself that are biblical because God wants you to say to yourself and he wants you to like agree with him that you are a powerful person anointed by his Holy Spirit to bring good. Amen. Amen. Let me pray for you. Father, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunity we've had to be together. We thank you for this special blessing over Chippo, her birthday. And we just thank you for um, just the unique voice that she has of hope and belief and encouragement. And we just pray that special blessing again, even though the ladies prayed for her earlier. We just recognize her, honor her. And we just thank you that she is a woman anointed of God who is going about doing good bringing healing into situations, bringing freedom into places of oppression because you are with her. And we just thank you that every day as she walks out this new year, she's going to experience the goodness of the Lord and the freshness of your presence in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, you all. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today. That's who